Hi everyone and welcome back to NTI's Japan Real Estate Property Investment Podcast. I'm your host Zivna Kajima again. Great to have you with us today. Glad you could tune in and we hope you'll enjoy this episode in which we're going to talk Tokyo, Japan's capital and the world's biggest metropolitan center. But before we do that, we just wanted to give you a heads up on a little get-together we've got coming up next month. So this is a short seminar that I'll be giving in Brisbane, Australia on August 6th. It's a Monday evening from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Osborne Hotel Conference Room in the Central Business District. That's the corner of Anne and Constance Streets in the city center. The event is called Japan Real Estate for Aussie Investors, Introduction and Market Overview. And we're going to run through a short overview of the market here, which you may already be quite familiar with if you've been following this podcast for some time. But we're also going to get our hands dirty with some deal analysis, spreadsheets, look at residential, commercial units, whole buildings, holiday properties, short-term stay rentals, and a whole bunch of other topics that we're going to cover. This is also a great chance to meet us face-to-face if you're in the area, as well as to network with other like-minded investors. So if you're living in and around uh, Brisbane, Australia, or happen to be in the area early next month, we'd love to see you there. There's a link to the event page in the show notes, but you can find it easily enough if you go to our Facebook page, Japan Real Estate. Just type in Japan Real Estate into your Facebook search box at the very top, and you'll find us easily enough. Don't miss out. If you are in the area, it's bound to be a really informative and fun event and a chance for me to get to know some of you in person, which is an added bonus. Okay, so back to our topic. As mentioned, we're going to talk Tokyo today. And more specifically, we're going to explore the Tokyo affordability paradox, which is this. How is it possible that Tokyo is simultaneously known as one of the world's most expensive cities, while at the same time being constantly ranked as one of the world's most livable cities. So, which is it? Crazy expensive or comfortably affordable? Well, there really are a few aspects as to why this paradox exists. The first and most straightforward reason is that a large part of Tokyo's crazy expensive reputation is really a thing of the past, left over from the 80s when the city, and the rest of Japan as well, was indeed insanely expensive. However, as we've covered here in the past, those days are long gone. Japan's last big economic bubble burst in the early 90s, and since then, all the way up until late 2012, prices of everything from cost of goods and foods and properties, cost of living generally, have all been sliding down, with property specifically more than halved during that period. Now, it is true that central Tokyo property prices have seen a revival between 2012 to 16, and they are now almost at that 90s peak again, but A, that's only the most central and heavily populated areas of the city, and B, these prices are now not nearly as expensive for those residing overseas, since the rest of the world has moved on, Inflation and cost of living have kicked in and brought prices and salaries at least slightly up in the rest of the developed world. So those Tokyo prices aren't nearly as bad as they seemed back in the 80s, or at least for those of us residing overseas. Now, another reason for this stigma of uh, one of the world's most expensive cities is that a lot of the industry publications which rate the price of global property and tend to include Tokyo in its top five or 10 priciest cities regularly, 
don't actually take into account the serious lack of space and the average size of Japanese apartments, which is quite different to many other cities in the world. So to be comparing apples with apples, we need to look at what it is that we're actually comparing here. Japan, as we've mentioned here before, is increasingly turning into a single society with far more singles than couples or families renting apartments in the country's major cities these days. And the typical Japanese apartment, which is where most of these people live, is a lot smaller than a typical apartment anywhere else in the world, aside from maybe Hong Kong and a few other cities where space is also, also a highly expensive commodity. So if we're going to compare places that are 200 or 300 square meters, yes, Tokyo is very expensive, most definitely. But a 100 or 200 square meter apartment in, say, Sydney or New York is not such a rare thing. In Tokyo, though, it's exceptionally rare and it's very upmarkety, so it's priced accordingly. The vast majority of singles and couples as well actually live in apartments that are somewhere between 20 to 60 square meters in most large cities in Japan and definitely in Tokyo. So if you actually compare these types of spaces with their counterparts in other major cities around the world, you'll find there's a huge difference in price. Since the price graph shoots up very dramatically once you're talking about properties that are larger than, say, 70 or 80 square meters, or if the layout is larger than two bedrooms in a living area. So again, if you're counting in price per square meter or square foot, yes, the average in Tokyo can be quite expensive since space is strictly limited and population density is very, very high. But the Japanese are experts at making the most of smaller spaces, and they're absolute wizards when it comes to space utilization, um, compartmental practical interior design like um, sliding and rearrangeable doors and even walls, and retractable furniture that can be tucked away into alcoves and panels, minimalist furnishings, super functional multi-purpose rooms and so forth, which means that a Japanese studio or one-bedroom unit that's modernly built in, say, 45 square meters in size actually feels and looks a lot larger and more comfortable when compared with the same living space anywhere else. Another reason for this difference is that the Japanese are obsessed with new and modern, latest and greatest in all things, and homes are definitely included in that. If you'll recall, we've spoken about building standards and materials here, and how things are generally not built to last uh, as long as they are in other countries. For this reason as well, prices tend to uh, trend down very sharply after any structure reaches about 15 years of age. Rental prices, incidentally, also trend down as the property gets older, but not nearly as sharply. So again, if you're comparing large brand new residencies, yes, Tokyo is up there with most of the world's most expensive cities. But as soon as you look at smaller, older properties, things change drastically and it's quite a different picture. So to sum things up and give you an idea, here are some examples which will help hammer the point home. First, let's look at a 16 square meters studio unit in Edogawa, that's in the eastern suburbs of Tokyo. 15 minutes by train to the city center, so quite convenient. 16 meters may sound small, but it's actually quite normal for a Japanese studio apartment. So suburban, small, relatively old, priced at about 5.5 million Japanese yen. That's just around 50,000 US dollar. Hardly expensive, is it? 
Now, if you are to renovate this place up to the latest and greatest modern design standards, including everything we've discussed earlier as far as minimalist furnishing, compartmentalizing goes, you'd be adding, say, twenty dollars or $30,000 to this price tag at best. Rent? Well, you'd be renting this unit as is before any renovation at only 50,000 Japanese yen. That's about 450 US dollars per month, not per week, per month. So very, very affordable. If we look at a newer, bigger structure, though, let's say an entire building in Tokyo's western suburb of Suginami. Again, only about 15 minutes by train to the city center. But this building is just one year old with nine units of various sizes from studios that start at about 20 to 30 square meters and all the way up to three bedroom apartment of about 90 square meters built on 127 square meter of land and totaling about 250 cubic meters all up in structure. Well, this one's priced at 220 million Japanese yen, which is approximately 2 million US dollars. Now that comes up to an average of about 220,000 US dollars per unit on average, which is more than what you'd expect from a city like Tokyo. Not as bad as central properties, since this is still the suburbs, but definitely not cheap. Average of about $32 per cubic meter. Now, these units are very different to that smaller, older studio we were looking at just before. They're spacious, they're full of light, and they're already up to the latest building and design standard. Hence this huge difference. Now, rent-wise as well, the average rent for these units is about 900 US dollars per month. So again, higher than the smaller, older units, but not nearly the three or four times difference we've seen in purchase price. If you look at houses, the differences become even more evident. So now you're talking about owning your own private bit of land. You're using a lot of space, which again is in high demand in Tokyo. The larger and newer the property, the more you'll be spending. So brand new residences just built, while not the most expensive in the world, are definitely on par with New York, London, or Sydney. Suburban homes will start from 220 to 350,000 US dollars, and they're quite small compared with international standards. Um, central properties will start at about half a mil, and of course, the sky is the limit. So to summarize, yes, Tokyo can be expensive, but can also be very affordable. It's really a matter of what you're buying. For investment purposes, though, one thing is true in all cases, monthly rental yields are percentage-wise the lowest in Japan. The city has huge international appeal and prices shoot up whenever the economy does even remotely well due to its reputation as one of the world's most livable cities, global tourism and business hotspots. So, just be aware if you are buying in Tokyo, yes, 2012 to 2016 were good for speculators, but we're still talking about Japan, where economic growth is always tampered with caution due to the fast decreasing population and the huge debt to GDP ratio. So speculating on Tokyo properties with low rental yields is still very much a gamble. You may be better placed to consider other cities as we've discussed here and will continue to discuss in future episodes as well. That's it from us today, folks. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Again, just to remind you, we've got our seminar coming up in Brisbane, Australia next month. We hope to see you there if you're in the neighborhood. Please feel free to share this podcast with your networks or anyone who may find it interesting. 
And we'd love it if you could rate us in the Google Play Store, the iTunes Store, YouTube, or anywhere you may have found us. Hope you have to have you with us next time. And until then, from all of us here at NTI, we wish you a great day and happy investing.